Thank you for tuning in to Ron Burgess Motivation. Today we're going to be discussing addiction and how addiction is not a choice. Substance use disorder is not a choice. Mental health isn't a choice. We're going to talk about the facts today. So if you know anyone that struggles with understanding addiction as a family and brain disease or you are someone struggling with understanding addiction as a family and brain disease, this podcast will be beneficial to you. And it's very simple. So you may realize how short this episode is because it's very simple. I'm going to put it in the most simplest terms I put for the family I speak with in regards to addiction. There have been so much studies to prove that addiction is in fact a family and brain disease. Addiction is a family disease. Why? Not because it runs in the family. Although there may be cases addiction does run in the family. Addiction's mainly a family disease because it not only impacts the person that's using or engaging in addictive behavior, it also impacts the family in some way. I don't know. We probably get into that in another episode where I can maybe get you guys in six days We ain't got time to Why do children make impulsive decisions and judgment 
without thinking the consequences fully through. And one of the core reasons is being that their prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed. We said if it's undeveloped, which in this case it is, at least to impulsive and decision-making and judgment. So we really look at it like a lot of individuals that started engaging and using started prior to the prefrontal cortex being fully developed. I've met with individuals that have substance use disorders that I said, Ron, my first time engaging in a drug was at age 16, 17. So if a youth continues to engage in those addictive behaviors at such a young age prior to the prefrontal cortex being developed, and on top of that, they're engaging in substance use, this substance use, which is also damaging the prefrontal cortex, which we also said results in impulsive decision-making and judgment. What's going to happen is there's going to be a continuous cycle of impulsive decisions and judgments and unhealthy choices, pushing a person further into addiction. Addiction is a slow progression and keeping a person in that addictive cycle. And that's the prefrontal cortex piece. And people ask, why do individuals that struggle with substance use disorders, why does my loved one that struggles with addiction make these impulsive decisions and choices, knowing the consequences? Why, why would they do that? And that's one of the main reasons, main reasons, excuse me. The prefrontal cortex has been damaged. Now, I know a lot of people, they would challenge this and they will say, he just talking, addiction's a choice. He's saying addiction not a choice, but is diabetes a choice? Is cancer a choice? And I know you may be saying that's different, Ron. Those are two different things, but no, let's talk about chronic illnesses. Illness. Is diabetes a choice? And it's, or is cancer a choice? <coughs> and I want you guys to really think that through. Because I have a friend that engages in excessive nicotine and tobacco use. And he's been doing it for years. And I ask him. Do you choose to have cancer one day? And he says no. And then my response is. But you're engaging in nicotine and tobacco use. Do you know you can potentially develop a cancer if you continue this excessive nicotine tobacco use? And his response is yes. I know the consequences, Ron. But who chooses to have cancer? And then he lists reasons he engaged in the nicotine use. But he makes it known that, Ron, I don't choose. I'm not doing this because I choose to have cancer one day. That's not why I'm engaging in excessive nicotine tobacco use. And my friend calls me later down the road. I'm talking a couple years. And he says, man, I've developed cancer resulting from the excessive nicotine tobacco use. It's keeping in mind it was never his choice. Remember, we asked him, like, do you choose to have this one day? He said, no, who chooses that? 
And years later, he called me. He says he has it. He never chose it. Now, in this case, what typically happens when I'm talking to families, they're saying, you're giving my child a cop-out. You're giving my loved one a cop-out. You're telling them that this isn't a choice. You're giving them a reason to continue to do this by saying that. Because in the scenario with my friend, he's still to be held accountable for it, though. Let's not let him off the hook. He's still to be held accountable for the consequences. But in this case, the cancer wasn't his choice. His choice, in fact, in this case, was to engage in excessive nicotine tobacco use. Cancer developing from that or not isn't his choice. Diabetes. I have a friend that eats unhealthy and never works out, never exercises. And I asked him, do you choose to develop diabetes one day? He says, no. Who chooses to develop diabetes? And my response is, but do you know if you continue to eat unhealthy, not exercise, you can potentially develop diabetes? And he says, yes, but I don't choose to have that one day. I'm just not a healthy eating person. Years down the road, he calls me. He tells me. I've developed diabetes, Ron. Due to me not working out or eating healthy over these years, I've developed diabetes. Remember, it wasn't his choice. We asked him, do you choose to have diabetes one day? He said no. His choice in the matter was to not eat healthy or exercise. Diabetes resulting from that was not his choice. Just like cancer can go into remission, addiction can go into remission as well. We look at relapse and we see it all the time. Addiction is a chronic illness. The last piece I like to explain, the reward system. So we talked about the prefrontal cortex, how that's, you know, responsible for decision making. You know what I mean? And, and all that. So then the second piece I want to talk about is the hippocampus. The hippocampus is where all your memories are stored. So the story I usually be giving people is it was this guy in the hospital. And he had 30 years clean and sober. <coughs> he had 30 years clean and sober. He was at the hospital just for a checkup. So he buzzed the nurse and he tell the nurse, excuse me, ma'am. I'm having urges and cravings and triggers to, to, to really use. And um, I, I just need to go. I can't be here anymore. And the first thing she start wondering, like, you told me you had 30 plus years clean and sober. You're a sponsor. You're doing good things. Got a job. Got your family back. Woo the woo. Wow. Would you want to give all that up and relapse after that long time of sobriety? So the old man, what he has her do is he has her walk to the window. And he says, what do you smell? And she says, I smell asphalt. They're just paving the driveways. He said, that's it. It was the smell of asphalt that really led him to having urges, cravings, and triggers. She laughed 
she didn't even understand what was going on. She didn't even know that this man worked for the city of Boston for 15 plus years and he paved roads. So when he smells asphalt, it brings up the memories. We remember we said memories are stored in the hippocampus. It brings up memories of him and his buddy hopping in a truck down in some nips and also memories of him and his buddy every Friday taking their money, going home, get a case. Memories come up just from smelling asphalt because memories are stored in your hippocampus. So if I was to be walking anywhere, I could be walking in the most random place and I see a piece of red velvet cake just sitting somewhere. I'm going to think about my grandma. First thing I'm going to think about because I associate red velvet cake with her when the memories, it's the same exact thing. I talk to people in recovery and families of those who have loved ones that recover all the time. And we talk about what are things that really bring up urges, cravings, and triggers. It may be old places, things, people, events, loose money, cotton. And the list can go on and on that really can bring up some urges, cravings, and triggers. So it's always keeping that in mind. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it real slow. Real slow. People in recovery will always want the drugs or drink despite the motivation to use. I'm going to slow it down. People in recovery will always want the drugs or the drink despite despite motivation to use, meaning... In more specific terms, those that struggle with substance use disorders are going to have urges, cravings, and triggers. That don't mean now that they're not prioritizing their recovery. It just means they're human. Just like the person that's going on a diet, but when they see chocolate cake, they have urges, cravings, and triggers. It don't mean that they're not prioritizing their diet. They didn't eat it. But at the same time, just seeing it led to urges, cravings, and triggers. So it's always keeping that peace in mind. So we talked about the prefrontal cortex. I hope I ain't moving too fast. We talked about the prefrontal cortex. We talked about the hippocampus. And then lastly, because I'm not boring y'all. I know I ain't boring y'all right now. I know there's some fine information. Mm -hmm. Lastly, it's the reward system. The reward system motivates you to repeat behaviors because it remembers the reward you got from the last behavior. So if I'm thirsty... And I drink a nice cold glass of water. That's so pleasurable to me. I was just thirsty. So the next time I thirst, uh, the next time I'm thirsty, the reward system kicks in and says, you remember what you did last time you felt this way, thirsty? Yeah, I drink water. Now, do you remember how you felt the reward you got from drinking that water after you felt that way? I'm talking like a boost of energy. So the reward system is motivating me to repeat this behavior because it removes the reward I got from the behavior when I felt a certain way. But then time goes on, though. And let's play with numbers. Let's say I'm thirsty. I drink water. I get a tender pleasure. And then time goes on. I'm thirsty again. And then the reward system kicks in and start talking to you. And the reward system says, do you remember what you did when you felt this way last time when you was real thirsty? Yeah, I drank water. Yeah, they gave you a tender pleasure. 
Now, do you remember what you did two days ago when you felt this way, though? Yeah, I drank a nice can of Hawaiian Punch. That gave you a 20 pleasure. Mm-hmm. Now, you're feeling the same. You thirsty, you thirsty, thirsty. But you got two choices here. You can either... Choices now. Remember this part. You have two choices here. You can either drink the water that's going to give you a tender pleasure. It ain't got no taste to it, though. But it's healthy, though. You know what I mean? You got to drink water. Got to stay hydrated. What are the best? Or you can drink another Hawaiian punch like you did two days ago. That's going to give you a 20 year pleasure. But it do got a lot of sugar in it. Red dye. Unartificial flavors. It ain't the healthiest thing right now, to be honest. And I can. But your pleasure going to be right there. Boom, boom, boom. And I want y'all to pause right here. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, water is more healthier, but it gives me the less pleasure than the Hawaiian Punch. But the Hawaiian Punch is so much unhealthier. But sadly, I'm going with the Hawaiian Punch more than the water anytime. I don't want diabetes. You hear me? Like, I don't want diabetes. I know it's a lot of sugar in it. I know it can lead to some heart problems, red dye, unartificial flavor in it. But I don't want diabetes. But I'm going to drink it because I can get that immediate gratification right now. Write this down. Immediate gratification results in long-term consequences. Immediate gratification gratification always results in long-term consequences so i can drink the hawaiian punch all i want to try to get the ah that's so good right now 20 pleasure versus putting in more effort going the healthy route probably gotta drink two cups to get that same pleasure but it's gonna take more effort i think a lot of people know where i'm going so someone's feeling depressed they engage in addictive behaviors, feel better. Especially when we talk about mental health, depressed again, engage in addictive pain. Well, depressed again, reward system kicks in, says, do you remember what you did when you felt this way last time? Yeah, I engaged in that addictive behavior. You remember how it made you feel? Yeah, I was able to re escape reality. I was numb. I didn't feel anything. I didn't care. So the reward system is motivating you to repeat that behavior because it remembers the reward you got last time you did that behavior i really hope 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 this podcast episode really helps somebody today man like addiction ain't a choice and we gotta really wake up and really start treating people that got substance use disorders and that struggle with mental health um the same with the same energy we would treat any other disease any other illness we ain't come this far just to come this far Let's keep spreading hope. Let's keep spreading love. Share this podcast with your local recovery centers. Um, if you ever want to be a guest on Ron Bridges Motivation Podcast or even a youth professional, you want to be a guest on Youth Motivation Podcast, please feel free to reach out to me and that'll be the show for the day. Thank you for tuning in.